Welcome to today's Wisdom Workout. I'm your host, Daniel Sullivan, and today I'm going to be talking about love. Now, unfortunately, the English language is very limited when it comes to understanding love. And what I mean by that, I'll use an example. So there was a study done, I don't remember how long ago, and it was, they took a bunch of, a group of Americans and they took a group of Russians. And they were essentially testing to see, um, you know, if people from different cultures experience reality the same way, um, or if their culture has uh, essentially manufactured a reality from their frame. And how they did this is they were testing colors. And so they took the group of Americans and they they took a group of Russians and they showed them the same uh, image and it was a spectrum of different shades of blue. Now, the Russians and the Americans saw extremely different things. Um, and I don't remember the exact numbers, so don't quote me on these numbers. But essentially, the Americans, the group of Americans saw anywhere on average from five to eight different shades of blue. The Russians, on the other hand, saw anywhere from 30 to 35 shades of blue. And this sort of astonished the researchers. And they're like, why Why can the Russians see so many more colors? Is it a genetic thing? Do they have uh, more, like better eyesight or things like that? And another part of the study was asking the different groups to name as many of the blues as they can. And so the Americans, of course, it's like, oh, like... That's uh, navy blue, that's Asia blue, that's, um, you know, light blue, baby blue, uh, you know. I, see, I can't even name, I don't, I mean, I'm not well-versed in, you know, the language of colors. But that's basically the, what the problems with the Americans had. And the Russians, on the other hand, could name like 30 to 40 different shades of blue. And so the amount of different shades they saw was around equivalent to the amount of shades that they could describe. And so with language. And so what the researchers found was that, wow, like the the main determining factor of what you how you're perceiving reality is actually has a lot to do with language. And so how this relates with love is in the English language, we only have one word for love now. There's lots of different types of love. There's brotherly love. There is paternal love, like uh, from parents to children. There's, um, you know, friendship love. There's romantic love. There's love of the self. Um, You know, there's long lasting love. There's a whole bunch of different types of love. And I think it was the ancient Greeks, but it might have been the Romans. they, They had essentially 10 different words for 10 different kinds of love. And so a lot of times in our culture, we are manipulated into thinking love is something that it's not. For some people, love could be a codependent necessity, meaning that, you know, they have some sort of internal lack of emotion, feeling, confidence, things like that. And so they look for somebody that fills that void. And then that is love when in actuality is just codependence. Um, So, and this is really, really important to understand, and it's something that I've had to learn, you know, especially recently, is because of these different frames of love, um, you 
like, so I used to be hyper codependent. And so, you know, I would, um, you know, if I would find somebody that would sort of meet my sort of unmet needs, I would fall in love with them. Um, and this doesn't necessarily just mean potential romantic partners. Um, this also could mean, you know, friends or things like that. Now I have my like core, core group of friends that we've been friends for a really long time and I sincerely love them all, right? It's not like a codependent thing, but you know, in the past couple of years, there's been a few relationships where, you know, I'm like, oh my God, like I love this person, whether it's like a friend or a brother or a sister or whatever, you know, I love this person, but really it wasn't, it was more me meeting my needs rather than an actual genuine form form or expression of love and so it's really important to understand the different frames of love and um another really good example of this and this is going to be like a little bit harder for some people like if somebody grew up abused right and it could be verbal it could be physical but you know let's say you had you know a dad who beat the fuck out of you and you know and as he was beating the fuck out of you you know he was saying you know i'm only doing this because i love you you know like who like that is framing your mind sorry about the dog that is framing your mind around the fact that abuse equates to love because every time your dad beats the fuck out of you and says i'm only doing this because i love you you know you are then conditioned to think that that is love when in actuality, that's not fucking love um, very clearly. And you can see that going backwards. But a lot of people sort of have that frame that, you know, paternal love is, you know, aggressive and whatever. So it's it's not even just about the different kinds of love. It's also the different frames within each of the different kinds of love. And so the reason that this is important is because once you understand this, you can take a step back and self-analyze and be like, okay, where how do I define love for myself? Like, how how do I define self-love? Like, what does loving myself look like? Um, Some people hate the concept of self-love because they think it's arrogant. They think it's egotistical. They think it's narcissistic. Um, And that's just predicated on your frame or your definitions of self-love. Other people think self-love as core confidence. Um, And, you know, the ability to trust yourself in different situations that you're going to say the right thing or take the right action, um, you know, because you're confident in your moral compass and things like that. And some people consider that self-love. So ask yourself, how do I define love? And then that gives you a reference for what love looks like to you. And then frame that into different contexts. Um, so, okay. So what does love look like to me? You know, um, is it, you know, physical, is it, language-based? Is it uh, emotion-based? Is it uh, what are the actions that predicate it? Um, And then apply that frame into different areas of your life. And you'll probably be surprised how delusional you've been in specific areas. Now, some people have a very healthy relationship with love. And, you know, some people have a very healthy relationship with love in every aspect of their life. But I think that that's actually very rare in today's society for a lot of different reasons. Um, You know, the there tends to be, you know, uh, over, over romantic, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, media tends to overly romanticize different things. Um, like fell in love, 
love at first sight and, you know, forever and blah, 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 blah. like, it's not really true. It can happen, but having that frame devalues any other type of love. So, you know, you might, you know, skip over some romantic partners that would have been great romantic partners for you, but because you didn't fall in love at first sight, you're like, oh, this isn't love. And then you move on. Um, so yeah, that's all I really have to say on this topic right now. Um, hope this was helpful and, uh, peace.